Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. We're really trying to grow the podcast and podcasts typically grow by word of mouth. So if you got a friend or family member who might be, might be interested in this podcast, please shoot them a link so they can hear it and hear the good word of health and fitness. Now let's get to the show. And we're back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you from the Flowwood Studios once again with Caleb. And we are going to talk about some recent discussions we've had with some members, uh, particularly uh, nutrition-related discussions. Caleb has a lot of those with his nutrition clients. We have the Beachbody Challenge going on right now. Um, and uh, we're just going to talk about you know some of the, the things people have been talking about, struggling with, some advice uh we've been given caleb's been giving he makes a lot of posts uh pretty much every day about conversations he's have with having with his current clients and so i thought it'd be good to kind of dig into that and we can talk about some of the conversations i've been having as well and feel like these kind of things can really apply to a lot of different types of people not just the ones who are you know walking through in that given moment or uh having the asking the questions at that period of time so this will be a good discussion over time we kind of see what are the conversations we're having the most often, what are the conversations that are being asked by the uh, by multiple different types of people, ages, skill levels, uh, different jobs, different daily lives? So when we start to pick up on trends that we have, I think it's safe to say that it can apply to everyone. And one of the great things about, you know, with the gym, we, we get to talk with clients a lot after workouts, during workouts, before as we're lifting. But one of the things that's great about our nutrition coaching is when we get to sit down monthly with our clients and talk uh, pretty intimately about goals and um, what what they're trying to accomplish with through nutrition is what our avenue is. But when you start to get you know a sit down a thirty minute conversation with people, they're really they're very perceptive of what they're struggling with, and that gives us kind of a finger on the pulse of what I think most of our listeners and most of our clients are are thinking about questions they're asking about experiences they're having. So we just want to talk about that. And I think it'll be very helpful for people to, who can, um, you know, whether you're a part of one aspect of this journey or not, you're at least going to be able to learn something because, uh, most likely it applies to, to you as well. Yeah. So, uh, we can kind of pick up with conversation we were having off mic about, uh, consistency, uh, over an extended period of time and, um, kind of what separates the people who make, tremendous progress from the people who maybe make a little bit of progress or maybe they are at a plateau or struggling, whatever. And we've seen this over and over and over again, that the difference between the people who are about 80% compliant to the people who are 90, 95 to hundred percent compliant is drastic in the level of results they get. And I think that just so many people don't realize what it actually uh, takes to make a lot of progress in a short period of time and how uh, consistent and inherent you have to be to to um, make the progress you ultimately want to make. And I think that's why so many people uh, get frustrated and struggle because they will do a lot of the right things. And we see this a lot. People do a lot of the right things. They come to the gym consistently. They'll drink their protein shakes. They'll you know drink a lot of water. They'll do the mobility, that type of thing. But they'll have these small little parts of their life. Maybe it's the weekend for a lot of people. Maybe it's alcohol for other people. Maybe it's, um, 
you know, snacks after, after dinner or whatever snacks after lunch or something along those lines that, that 10%, uh, where they're falling off is keeping them from literally making twice the progress that they could. And I really like to, to hone in on the numbers with the uh, beach body challenge. And we, we've talked about this before. And I, one thing I really like about it is that you can track how adherent people are by how many points they get. And the difference in the body fat percent loss of people who are 80% or less uh, compliant to 90% plus is literally twice as much body fat percent loss. So that extra 10 to 15% more compliant they are is literally making them lose twice as much body fat percent in six weeks as the people who are not quite as compliant. And so um, just the, the, the knowledge and awareness of what it actually takes to achieve a goal is something that I think a lot of people struggle to uh, comprehend. I think for, you know, for, for most people, there's the, and you posted this on her the other day and I reposted it. It was a great graphic that showed, um, talking about the obsession versus, um, trying to have balance. And, you know, for a lot of people, the, the thought that balance is going to give them their goal and give them, um, balance and they're going to be able to work on and do a lot of different things, I think gets kind of uh, manipulated a little bit and it, it down, uh, it sets the expectation that you don't have to give it a hundred percent, right? You don't have to give it your all. And so I think for a lot of it, it's really easy to say 80% is going to do the trick that'll allow you to get balance. But like what you're talking about, the exponential ability to every 5%, begins to not just go up 5% more in results, but it goes up 100% more in results. It goes 100% faster. And so I think for us is with coaching, what we try to help clients with is help them see when is, we want them to manage their expectation. We just want you to know what to expect from your results based on the amount of effort or adherence that you're giving. So if a client says, I want to do I want to do this nice and steady pace. Um, 80% is all I can give right now. Well, we're just going to not tell them that they're or we're not going to set up the expectation that they're going to see results as quickly as someone who's giving 90 or 95%. And so what we try to do is identify if that's the case and they do want to make results quickly, what are the difference makers? What are those 5% difference makers that they would need to do and how long is it going to take? And so um, I think that this is a conversation we have most often uh, is what can I expect from the effort that I'm giving? And like you said, unfortunately, human nature is to to think that we're giving, to think that we're at 90, 95%. And in reality, we're around that 65, 70%, I think even more so than 80. Yeah, definitely. So, and I, I think about balance, um, when I'm looking at balance in my life, I'm not looking at like a day to day or a week to week, um, basis. I'm looking at seasons of life and understanding what season of life I'm currently in. And if my, you know, understanding that I can only focus on a few things at once, and this is a mistake I, I have made a lot in my past is trying to do 10 things all at once. And then I'm not doing any of them very well. And then they all kind of fall off. Whereas now what I'll try to do is what is the number one or number two priority for me right now and devote all my focus and energy into that. And then everything else is in maintenance mode. Um, category. And so for a very long portion of my life, fitness was my number one priority. And that's what my whole life revolved around. And I was able to make a ton of progress and 
you know, do, do lots of cool stuff with health and fitness. But that's because I literally, everything else was sacrificed for that. Uh, I ate bread, ate, slept, breathed it and thought about it all the time. That was the first thing I woke up when I uh, woke up in the morning. And the last thing I thought about when I, before I went to sleep and I did that for, for years. And then it was a season of focus 110% on the business and focusing on that because I realized I wasn't going, the plan wasn't to do that every, for, to live that lifestyle for the rest of my life, but it was a plan to do it while I could and while I was in that season of life so that it could set me up to go into a different season when I have a family and I have kids um, that I am able to spend time with them because of the work that I put in. And the same thing can go for if you're trying to lose 50 pounds and you, but balance is really important to you, I would challenge you and say, if what is going to move the needle most for you in your current stage in life, it's probably going to lose 50 pounds because you're going to feel better. You're going to have more energy. You're going to sleep better. You're going to be able to, if you have kids, you're going to be able to show up for your kids better. You're going to be able to work better, uh, and longer at work. Uh, it's going to improve every area of life. And for, so for me, that has to be the most, the top priority for you in that season, because that's going to have the biggest impact on your overall life. And so at that point, that's when it says, I'm going to devote everything I can to lose the 50 pounds right now. I'm going to be a hundred percent adherent. I'm going to not go to the parties for a while. I'm going to skip dessert for a while. I'm going to, you know, buckle down and do this because I know it's only going to be for a certain period of time. Once I reach that goal, then that's when I can say, all right, I'm gonna have a little bit more balance. I'm not going to be so obsessive about this. Uh, maybe I'll start doing some parties or stuff, but I think it's extremely important to to have that period where you go all in and do every check every single box because if you are just always saying I want to do this, but it's not, I'm going to try to do these other things. You're never going to ultimately get to where you want to get to, or uh, it's going to take years and years and years when you would have been much better off devoting everything you had to it for six months and then going into maintenance mode in that area. So I, I love that. Well, that makes me think of kind of one of the next things that uh, is a common talking point, and that is that some results uh, people see the end result, the the they see the result of something that possibly took years and they misinterpret that result as something that they can accomplish in in a couple weeks or a couple months. And so um, let's take not not even the weight loss. Well, weight loss is a good example, but also I think maybe more for fitness. A lot of times we see someone accomplish something um, and we see the tip of the iceberg, but we don't see what's underneath the surface. And that is that those building blocks took years. They're looking at the very top of the pyramid instead of being able to see the base of something that took years. And so for a lot of clients, we are trying to interpret what are you, are you choosing someone else's goal and setting your expectation based on their journey? Or are you actually looking at your life, your journey, where you've been the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, your entire life, and trying to help, help uh, correctly identify what progress should look like for you as opposed to putting yourself at someone else's end result, if that makes sense. So you're watching someone else plant the flag on the top of the mountain and and you're like, I want to get there, but you don't see the um, the years of saving up for the for the hiking, the the training that they did, the early stages of the hike that don't even look like climbing, um, the packing, the getting to a certain point and having to wait for a couple months until life evens out. And so we see the top of that trip uh, at the top of Everest, and we don't see oftentimes what's underneath. So for a lot of clients, helping them manage their goals and understanding that for like what you just said, 
oftentimes our goals are years long and we have to develop a sense of patience around um around waiting on waiting on that time for it to come to fruition or to see the result of it i see that manifest a lot inside the the walls of the gym when someone comes in with a like a gymnastics background particularly um and somebody's done 10 15 years of gymnastics and then they join the gym and then all of a sudden they're making progress really really fast and maybe somebody else joined at the same time of them and is frustrated that they're not making progress as quickly and they don't realize that that 10, 15 years of gymnastics was laying this huge base of strength, agility, um, flexibility, coordination, aware, body awareness, body control, um, doing a lot of these movements already m- many times to where they can jump right in and make a lot of progress very quickly. Whereas somebody who didn't have that is going to take a lot longer um, to do some of the stuff that, but ultimately you have to understand that everybody has their own journey and everybody has their own, you know, destination that they're going to get to in time period. And so being aware of where you came from and what your base base is, is, is extremely important. Um, because you, you, you ultimately you have to realize that you can't compare yourself to other people because everybody has, has their own journey and has their own background and, and, um, starts at a different place. All right, going to the next thing that I thought about that's something that's been, um, I guess, more recent is we talk a lot about tracking food. We talk a lot about uh, why we teach people to track food, why we don't opt for just kind of the guessing game or even trying to measure and ballpark things, um, why our natural go-to as coaches um, is to have people track their food. And one of the kind of thoughts that I had uh, more recently in, in a conversation with one of my clients was, how much tracking food helped them face the problem and it made them actually stare at the problem instead of having to guess. I think for a lot of people, nutrition is a big mystery. And so they spend years trying to guess at what the problem is. It can be, oh, they think it's fat. Oh, they think it's carbs. Oh, they think it's exercise or I'm not doing enough cardio. Uh, There's so many different things that kind of make sense or it's seed oils or artificial sweeteners or, uh, you know, all these different aspects of health. And until you start to track food in particular, let's talk about nutrition, um, you're left guessing and you're left second guessing what you think you need to work on the most. When our clients finally start to track their food, it forces them to face the problem and we're able to just stare at it right like it's it's in your face every day this is what it is Um, and I also think part of the reason why we do that is to help people at the same time see what the solution is and to not feel frustrated by um, a mystery and they're not sure what to do do I stop eating fat do I do I fast do I not eat do I start um, not going out to eat or not doing these things with my family and so I love tracking food because it makes you face the problem but it also reveals the solution in the exact same step I I really struggle to comprehend uh, people arguing um, against tracking food this day and age it just doesn't make any sense to me because everybody is on their phone for hours every single person can pull up on their phone how much time they spend on their phone on average in a day and i would say most people are in the three to five hour range it takes literally two minutes to put your food in to the to an app to track it um and it gives you all the information you need to make decisions i've gotten to the point where if somebody's asking me for nutrition advice the first thing i ever say is do you track your food and if they don't, I'm like, well, I can't really tell you 
what to do because I have no idea what you're eating and you don't have any idea what you're eating. You need to track it for a week and then we can, can get an idea what, of where you're at. But it's just like saying I need to change. I need to lose weight, but I'm not willing to track my food. That's like saying I need to uh, quit overdrafting my bank account, but I'm going to not track my expenses. It's ludicrous. Like what if I ask this person, well, what's your mortgage? I don't know. How much is your car payment? I don't know. What's your insurance payment month? I don't know. I keep overdrafting. I can't figure it out, but I need some advice. Okay, well, let's write down what you. No, I don't. I don't want to write. I don't want to write those expenses down. Well, then you're going to keep doing the same thing if you're not willing to track your expenses. And everybody understands that because it's finances. But I think that's because our culture is based around money. It's not based around health. And to me, health is more important than money because if it doesn't matter. You can be the richest person in the world and be in bad health and it's not going to do you any good if you're on your on your deathbed because you're sick you know you're, you don't have anything if you don't have your health and so to me your health is the most important thing and so if we're so willing to take financial courses to to make sure we have enough money saved for retirement and make sure we balance our budget and make sure we pay all of our debts off why are we so unwilling to literally put in what we eat into an app every day it takes two minutes to do i think about this a lot because we we have this conversation this is our world I had a conversation with one of my nutrition clients who has come to a point where he's just not sure if it's even worth it anymore to try to do to try to do this because tracking food is just the number one issue. And I think, uh, and he's he's just acknowledging the fact that he just doesn't want to do it. And because of that, it's easy to lose track of his progress and not make progress. And so, to us, it, it's the one thing that will solve all the problems. It's it's the problem that you came to us with. It's the solution. And it's the freedom that gives you the flexibility to still have balance in your diet. And it seems to be the one thing that's hard. And I think, you know, ultimately those kinds of things come down to people just don't trust that it actually is going to move the needle. And so I think we just try to encourage people even from day one is to, to help understand that food isn't a mystery. Calories aren't a mystery. Calories aren't bad. It's just information. And the more information we have, the more direction you can have it, it almost is like trying to diagnose a patient 200 years ago where the doctor showed up to the house and tried to look at him and said oh it's a fever <laughs> and you just start from there and try yeah. to go through everything and it's you know going on these crash diets is almost like going straight to you know some sort of surgery where you just well let's just go with the most extreme option um when it really could have been a super simple fix it could have been one less thing it could have been one thing that you didn't realize had uh, 500 calories per day. And if you eliminate that, it's over. So for us, that's, that's something that, it, you know, we get, it sounds like we're fired up about it, but we truly believe it is something that will give people the life and the body that they're confident in and, and knock down 10 different dominoes of things that create stress or some sort of emotional, uh, stress about their life and their health. And so you can kind of knock that out. Um, the next thing I think we talk about a lot is, uh, is how do we get out of the stage where we are responding to life with our health habits and how do we get in a point where we can set up our life, um, to include health habits. So the example would be having a client that is always blaming the kids for why they can't, um, have their weight under control or why they can't get into the gym consistently. Uh, or maybe it's blaming work or a spouse, or there's always something where, and we're acknowledging and we're looking and sharing that, that it is challenging. And yes, there was no room in that day for you to get to the gym. Uh, so 
I think what happens is the you know, and this is just a something that is slow and it evolves over time, and we're patient through the process. But we've somehow got to acknowledge that we are living in a place where our health is only comes when there's time in the day, and when that happens, more times than not, something is gonna prevent you from being able to focus on your health. And so how do we get into a place where we can set up and structure the day to include and to prioritize uh, your health? And so if you're in that place, there's there's not one solution to it. So we acknowledge that, but um, it can be a, it can be a, a big challenge uh, to overcome going from that place in life where you're responding to life all the time versus trying to set up your life. And so I know, Hunter, you'll have some thoughts on this. We talk about this maybe at the beginning of the year when we're trying to set resolutions for spending our time differently. But um, my encouragement to clients is to talk to and sit down with the other people that are most impacted by your life and your schedule and have a time where you can break away uh, and plan out what the year is going to look like based on what is the most important. Because if you don't take time to select what is the most important, oftentimes your health, which if you lose that, you lose everything. That becomes the thing that gets pushed down to item number seven uh, and, and instead of the priority that you're wanting. And so anyway, that's my thought on it. Take some time and talk to those who, who are most impacted with your schedule and everyone collectively decide. And that could be kids. I think it's healthy for you to include kids in that conversation. I, I saw a, co- a quote not too long ago that really resonated and stuck out to me. And it said, someone has had it worse than you and did it better than you. And that just really hit home to me that we can always try to look for our circumstance or ex- and always look for some reason to blame it. But there is somebody out there who had a harder uh, circumstance than us that achieved more in whatever area we are trying to achieve. And so it could be the person who works two jobs, has is a single parent, has three kids, but still finds a way to work out for an hour uh, a day and still keep keep track of their uh, keep their health and fitness a priority. It ultimately just comes down to what is a priority. And everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. Um and finding a way to maybe it's literally getting up and doing a 10 minute at home workout when you wake up in the morning. Maybe that's the only time you have to do it, but I promise you, you can find uh, some time to do it in the day if it is your number one priority. And I think that comes down to, like I talked about earlier, having seasons of life and understanding maybe this is a season of life where I'm super busy, but I'm not willing to give up my, um, my health and fitness and so I am going to find a way to get it in no matter what. I was actually having this conversation with somebody yesterday who is doing a business and started another business and both of them are growing and potentially expanding and adding new, new, uh, client, I mean, uh, workers for him and adding new clients and all that type of stuff. And, and he was saying that he was like, but I still, I, I, I gotta find a way to make it to the gym because it is going to have a negative impact on my work if I stop working out because I'm not going to have as much energy and he has an active job, um, a physically demanding job. So it's important for him to be physically fit. And so that was a great awareness to, to say like, this has to be a priority for me because it's going to negatively impact, Im- impact the rest of my life if I stop. And he said, I might just have to start going at 530 in the morning because that's the only time I can get it in. And some people, they, they know that deep down, they know the only time I'm gonna be able to do it is in the morning. And some, and, but it's developing the consistency of, of getting up and doing it 
um, is the hard part. And so realizing, you know what, I think if you can wrap your head around the idea that this is not going to be forever, this is just going to be for a season where I need to do this, but I'm not willing to sacrifice my health and fitness because it's too important for me, not only immediately because of all the benefits I get in the rest of my life, but also long-term because it's literally going to extend my life and improve my quality of life. And so I think looking at your life as a season, as opposed to, you know, just trying to figure it out day by day, week by week is going to make, you know, set yourself up to succeed a lot better. All right. Next thing that, uh, this was a conversation I had with, uh, one of our beach body challenge, uh, one of our members who's, comp- uh, doing the beach body challenge. And, um, the, the biggest challenge for her was not drinking a hundred ounces of water. It wasn't tracking food. It was the adjustment that her coworkers were making to her eating differently and the responses she was getting from them. And I, I am not exaggerating. This is a huge part of nutrition in the South, in our culture, especially uh, where there is just, there's not a priority of eating healthy and prioritizing your health. And one of the biggest challenges with her was um, being almost, you know, they had some sort of a deal where if they all ordered something, they would get less money off or free delivery or something. And she had brought her lunch and they were giving her a hard time about that. And then, um, you know, saying, oh, you don't want to hang out with us because you don't want to go eat. And there was just a lot of negativity around shaming. Um, oh, you can get, eat the cookies. What are you, you know, you're obsessed. You got to be able to live life and those sorts of things that, that oftentimes people, when they begin to prioritize their health and to do things differently, it comes at a cost that other people don't understand. And so we, we could make all the, I guess, um, we could explain it in a lot of different ways, but, uh, ultimately I think there's a certain aspect of that that will just never go away. And eventually, if you are going to choose to prioritize your health, we have to know that in our culture, that's going to always seem as a little bit of an outlier to people. It's going to be not normal. And there's probably going to be something where other people, uh, there's probably going to be examples where other people are going to have a hard time adjusting to you doing that. And so my encouragement to her, my encouragement to, to those listening who maybe have similar experiences um, is just to not take it personally against you, but to almost see it as a sympathy because what those people are telling you is just that they don't have what you have and their only response they're not thinking about all these things, but their only response is just to try to bring you down because they oftentimes don't have the self-control that, uh, that you have, and they may not be educated enough to know how much of a big deal that is, um, and how much that's going to change your life. And so just kind of in, uh, as you think through it, just think those are oftentimes the things that are going to make huge, huge, uh, a huge impact in your life. And, um, when other people make those comments, they're not thinking deeply about it. They're saying it off instinct. And so try not to take it personally um, because you know what you're trying to accomplish and that's all that matters. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really tough one because so many, I mean, it happens to everybody. And um, one thing I learned, uh, I read in like the four agreements, one was um, don't ever take anything personal. And you're, you're right, right on it. It's their... Uh, projection or their response to what you're doing and how it makes them feel it makes them feel uncomfortable that you're trying to to do that and I could really relate to that I remember at my old job before uh, we started Cody the job I worked at two years and we would go out to eat 
every week as a like a management team and every single time we'd order something they would always make remarks about me ordering something healthy and I was really into competing at the time and to me it was easy to make that decision because I knew what my goals were um, and it was going to you know, eating a bad meal was going to affect my workout later in the day. And I I was not willing to do that, but I could see them almost like looking and hoping I would uh, slip up and order something or um, eat some chips or something along those lines. And people would bring donuts and put them right outside my office, like on purpose, just so they could try to get me to eat a donut and that type of thing. And um, it just came down to me understanding that what my goals were at that time was more important to me than uh, what I felt was approval from my coworkers when we went out to eat. And, um, after a while it kind of died down, but that is very, very hard when you're all of a sudden making a change and you're, you're breaking the mold of how people see you and the, the box they've put you in. And all of a sudden it's different and it makes them uncomfortable. And so, um, that's really, really tough. And, and I, I feel for everybody who, who struggles with that. Unfortunately, that's just, that's part of trying to change, you know, make a change. And that's why it's, it's hard to, to change, but, um, it's definitely worth it if you can stick with it. A um, couple more things. I think uh, one of the one of the conversations I had, in fact, uh, yesterday evening with a new client. It was the first meeting, and um, one of the things that they were struggling with the most was they felt like their goals were they they had felt like their goals were vain uh, because they weren't struggling with obesity. It wasn't it wasn't that they were their health was at risk necessarily immediately. Uh, but they just were finding, trying to have, they were having trouble with this balance of, I want to be confident in my body, but I don't want to be labeled as someone who is obsessed with their body and what they look like because they grew up in a traditional Christian household where maybe things were more, um, or in a household where maybe things were more about your education or things were more about, um, who you are on the inside or your develop, your moral character. And so it was almost like it was, they were having trouble with acknowledging that, it's okay to be confident in my body without clothes on. It's okay to be confident in my the way that I look when I'm at work and how I dress. And so that was something that this will probably be a lot smaller um, group of people who maybe have, have struggled with this. But I think in our culture, it almost, like we talk about, it almost is viewed by people as health as like an obsessive thing. It's a vanity thing. And the normal thing is just to kind of casually... Uh, approach your health. Maybe every once in a while try to be healthy, but if you try to get too healthy, you're just obsessed with temporary. You're just obsessed with your body and that sort of thing. And so the reality is that that's, it's just not true. And there are so many, there are so many small impacts that losing five or 10 pounds, or there's so many small ways that you can develop confidence at work or with your family um, or in a leadership role when you're confident in your body. And I've worked with enough clients who have expressed openly and have been honest enough to express how much they lose confidence at work or with their family um, or in their intimate life, um, in intimacy, when they're not confident in their body. And those are important things. They're important that um, they're so important that I think they can actually impact every other area of your life. Uh, because you're going to be less likely to be consumed with that shame or those feelings of doubt about yourself. And when you begin to build confidence that you can control your body and you're proud of that, then all of a sudden it gives you the freedom to not be staring into every mirror that you walk past or not to be, you know, in the, um, 
you know, in the bathroom every day looking at yourself and saying, oh, I just don't want to go to this meeting. I don't, I'm not confident in what I look like. And so those are some of the deeper things, but this was something that a client was emotionally opened up to me about. And I really wanted to help. I sympathize with them because I know that when you, when you are confident in your body, it allows you to develop confidence that can trickle down into a lot of different areas that you may not directly uh, correlate with your physical health. We, we talk, we have this conversation a lot about specifically being located in Mississippi and, um, health and fitness is just not a priority and it makes it very hard, um, to, you know, convince people that it's important to invest in their health and fitness and want to join the gym. And, you know, uh, we'll have meetings with people who are, you know, literally crying about the, the, where they're at with their health and fitness, but not willing to commit the money to be able to join the gym. Um, be, just because it's such, uh, against the norm here and the norm is to not worry about it and not think about it, but we are as a country and especially in, in our state, we are drastically headed towards, um, a very, very dire health situation because obesity rates continue to rise every single year. In the last few years, the actual life expectancy of people has gone down instead of gone up. And if obesity rates continue to raise at the rates they are, I mean, it's going to be in, you know, catastrophic for the population because so many people will be dying at a such younger age. And so to me, if you are a person that's prioritizing your health and fitness, you are a person that's willing to look at your life in the long term and not just what's in front of you on a day-to-day basis and realizing I'm doing this, not just for how I look in the mirror right now, but for myself in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road, I want to be around for my grandkids. You know, I want to be around for my great king kids. I want to be around and functioning for them. I don't want to be checking into a nursing home at 60 years old. And, um, so that, that is like it, I just don't think people grasp how bad of a situation the, this country's health is in at this current moment and the you know hopefully we're helping people one at a time you know avoid that but it is always going to be an uphill battle because it is against the norm you know there's a um there there's something i think about a lot is we do hear from people when um i talk about how many adults we have in our gym and i'll hear things like you know well they must not have kids or oh they're doing they're doing good their kids must be you know, their kids must not be involved in different things. And uh, I think that it just gets back to what we talked about. Some people have chosen to set their life up to prioritize their health now and so they can be there for their kids' kids. And so, um, you know, being able to set your life up to where you acknowledge that it's not vanity, it's that you truly care enough about your kids to be able to be there when and to be thriving when you're 70 and to be thriving when you're 60 and doing the best you can to give yourself the best chance of experiencing great years uh, then. And so sometimes the best thing you can do for your kids is have one less activity for your kids and one more activity for you that's going to ensure that not only do your kids see the example you set for your health, but also that you're, you're going to be there for that second stage of your kid's life when they're when they're having kids and and on i wrote an article about this a long time ago about um working out being selfish and um i wrote it because somebody at the time who was a member their spouse was getting onto them and saying they spent so much at the gym that they were being selfish they should be more time at home with their kids and i think not working out is selfish because you're robbing your family of the best version of yourself 
both now and in the future. And so if you're just not taking, you, you know, you're not taking care of yourself, you're letting yourself go, you're not willing to work out and exercise. I find that to be extremely selfish because you're just focused on your own self. And to me, working out is making yourself show up as the best version of yourself for everybody else around you. And to me, that is completely selfless. Um, and making that mind, mindset shift can can have a huge impact on your motivation and why you work out at the gym at, at the gym every day. People don't leave the gym in a bad mood. Sometimes people come into the gym with all kinds of things going on and I can tell that they're in a bad mood or they're fired up about something with their kids or school, but people leave the gym in a great mood and that tends to carry over into the rest of their day. Um, when you come to the gym and you exert that energy, it allows you to go through the rest of your day with a sense of calm uh, that you can handle this. You've put your physical body through stress that's going to allow you to relax a little bit more throughout the rest of your day um, and can lead to less uh, anxiousness. Uh, the last thing that I have, if that's good, we've um, we talked about this a little bit just a, a few minutes ago, Hunter and I, but uh, the difference between knowing something and doing something. I have a client we have the deepest conversations about health and nutrition and um, our habits and we always like I always learn something from this client they learn something from me and we feel like I feel fired up every time but this client's not experiencing results and so it just struck this conversation of there is a lot of us that know what to do uh, doing it is what we're struggling with and so we talk it's a podcast you're listening to it you're hearing a lot of things and you may memorize every word we say and know know all these things but doing it is another skill. It's a completely separate skill. And so um, just because we know something, that's just part A, but the complete, the complete picture is also having the part B that's most important. And that's actually being able to do what you know. And so, um, you know, for me, this one example, when I think about this is sometimes I get caught up trying to know 10 things and I end up spending either too much time trying to know or thinking out those thoughts and I find myself not doing any of them. And so sometimes it may be condensing the amount of things you try to consume and working on doing just one of them. Um, one of the things I, uh, we had talked about a couple episodes ago was um, how much time we spend in the morning doing certain things. And I've really condensed some of the things in my life into smaller, uh, smaller pieces and then I really try to think through that one piece for the rest of the day, as opposed to trying to fit into 30 minutes, what, maybe five minutes. But if I work on that thing throughout the day, then I'm actually going to leave better. And so uh, that was just my thought for knowing versus doing. But um, yeah, that's that's really good. And um, I, I would say the vast majority of people know what they need to do to to lose weight, you know, or get in shape or whatever it is. They're just not doing it. And so um, I think we put so much emphasis on knowledge uh to this day and age and not near as much emphasis on actually doing doing of the thing and the doing of the thing is what gets you the thing it's not knowing what to do it's actually doing it. and anybody could tell you uh you know how to how to lose 50 pounds they if you ask them and they you, they it was a question on a test they'd probably get it right um but you know it, in actuality they're failing the actual test of losing the weight because they're not doing it so um that's really good uh, i thought that was a great great discussion and hopefully that was insightful to some of you and uh we we really enjoy um having these types of conversations at the gym day to day and week to week and um hopefully we uh we can uh you know, continue to share those with you guys because uh, we think it'll help you. But let's move on to the uh, next segment. Outside the box. Outside the box. So uh, we're going to Orlando, you and I, on a trip. 
legitimately getting outside the box, but this is business trip. So um, that's going to be coming up. So I'm excited about doing that and getting out of town for a little bit. Um, my wife is not going to be able to make the trip. We had a little schedule error, so I'm going to be third wheeling with Hunter and Claire. Um, but we are uh, going to a gym conference, and so Hunter and I are going to go and try to try to learn a few things and, and bring it back. But I'm excited about um, excited about getting out of town with you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of trips coming up. We've got um, trip to uh, Orlando, then we got the trip to Pasadena for Mary the semifinal competition. And then we have uh, Claire and I are going on a, uh, a trip to Punta Cana for uh, kind of like our last hurrah trip in June uh, before before the uh, the baby comes. So we got a lot of uh, fun stuff coming babies. up as well. Babies, babies, yeah, ba- babies come. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a good, be a busy next couple of uh, months. We also got the Coyote Classic coming up at the end of June to get ready for, and uh, so we got some fun stuff. We got some. Uh, gym parties coming up as well that we're uh we're looking forward to having so a lot of lot of fun stuff as the weather warms up and the uh gets nice and sunny outside so uh before we wrap it up wrap it up you got anything to recommend caleb um i'm used to tyler being here and he kind of he'll go on i'll have a chance to look through my recommends list um i don't i don't know what i'm recommending this time, do you have yeah. do you have your list? You I have first. a book. I have a book called Empire of the Summer Moon, and it was about the the Comanche tribe and uh, the the basically the Indians in the seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds in Texas and early nineteen hundreds uh, through mostly uh, West Texas, and you know as uh, America expanded and people moved out there and uh, started running into Comanches and having battles, and I learned all kinds of really really fascinating stuff and it was a, a really really great book if you like history at all if you like u.s history if you like learning about the indians and um you know um, um, americans moving west and through the civil war and all that type of stuff uh it was a fascinating book and i, I was blown away at they talked about i didn't realize that uh horses weren't on the uh north american continent until they were brought by the Spanish and then the Comanches were one of the few tribes to learn how to actually ride horses. And they basically kind of took over all the Indian tribes after that and all the crazy things they could do riding a horse and shooting a bow at the same time. It was, it was really fascinating book. Um, but I would highly, highly recommend that book. If you enjoy those, it's one of the best books I've read in a long time. Sweet. I just started a book, which I don't, I'm not going to recommend it cause I'm not, uh, all the way through. I've done that before with a show and it just did not turn out well. So, um, Anyway, I'm reading a book about Italy. It's a murder mystery in Italy, and so it made me think about all the the trip y'all took there and uh, how awesome that'd be. I'm uh so there's a one of my favorite series is called Music Box. It's on HBO. It's uh, a music series that does documentary pieces on different artists that aren't like the most famous artists you've ever heard of, but that are well known enough to have a really interesting story. And um, the first one of this new season is on Jason Isbell, um, who was in drive-by truckers for uh six seven years and then got kicked out of the band through uh, some addiction issues and alcoholism and then his journey back into being a singer songwriter but i love artists i love uh really just stories about people who commit their life to a craft and it always is insightful because everybody goes about it a little bit differently uh but you start to see just a lot of different you can pick up so much from people who are successful in their obsession with details and how hard they work 
And I just, I love watching people. I get inspired from people that work really hard at their craft. And so um, this is a good one. So Music Box, you can go through the whole series. I think there were eight or nine of them last year. But Jason Isbell, um, Running With Our Eyes Closed on Music Box series. Sweet. That sounds really good. Well, hope you guys uh, enjoy this episode and we will catch you next time. silky smooth sounds.